So they just stayed nude. Everybody stayed nude. This is this is trekking down a path that I don't think the Brothers Grimm has gone down before. The lesson learned is don't take hallucinogenic tea while you're naked. On this episode of the Brothers Grimm, Brian discusses the very bizarre and unfortunate events of one spring night in Milledgeville, Georgia. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brothers Grimm. Um, we're kind of wrapping down season two. It's been fun so far and you know I can't wait to keep doing this for many more seasons. The penultimate episode, right? This episode before the season finale? Yeah. That's right. So has anybody ever just been hanging out with some friends? It seemed to be such a normal night, but then things just turn really bizarre or they just kind of turn... They take a turn for the worse. Honestly, no. I've never had a night like that. No, not just a night just hanging out in the backyard, bonfire, next to a pool with some friends late one night. The short answer is no. I don't think I don't think I've had a night where like it went from hanging out to really weird and strange events. Yeah, I haven't either. Um not to the level that this story is, for mm. sure. And I hope it never happens. Tell me, tell me. So a UGA professor, Marianne Shockley, her boyfriend, Marcus Lillard, and their friend, Clark Hindle, all found themselves in a very precarious, nude situation at Hindle's Millersville home shortly after 1 a.m. the morning of May 12, 2019. All three of the previously mentioned people got together for a seemingly normal gathering of friends, except for the fact that each of them was completely nude. Marcus was gathering firewood in the nearby woods, even though it had recently rained, and there was dry firewood next to the pool deck. Nude? He was gathering firewood nude? Yes. That seems unwise. Are we just going to assume that, like, the rest of this episode, these three people are nude? They, they are nude for a period of time, for sure. Clark was on the other side of the pool swimming laps, and Marianne was in the hot tub. When Marcus returned from gathering the wood for the fire, he noticed Marianne in the hot tub passed out and jumped in to pull her out. But unfortunately, when he did, he fell and caused her to hit her head. Let's let's back up just a touch. What were these people doing prior to the nude? Were they were they partying? Were they drinking? Like what was the scenario that led up to this moment? It seemed as if they were drinking, taking some drugs, they were having oh, a party. There it is. It was a party of three. I mean, I can understand the the hot tub and the pool uh nakedness, but the the gathering the firewood. Yeah, wrap a towel. Nakedness. Yeah. It, it's it's a very odd thing to be doing. And so we're not 100% sure if that's really what he was doing. This is Milledgeville. There's ticks in those woods. Yeah, it's definitely below the gnat line right. in Georgia. There are other reports that say Marcus actually threw her into the cold pool to wake her up, and that's how she received the head injury. Both Marcus and Clark began to give Marion CPR. Clark Hendel went into the house and returned with a tea containing a potent hallucinogen called DMT. According to Lillard, the tea was poured down Shockley's throat, and Hindle also began shaking a hydrangea branch over Shockley's body, thinking that it would help her regain her consciousness. So this is getting stranger and stranger. It's very I don't... strange. Remember, I said bizarre. After a few minutes, they believed that she was breathing faintly and didn't think they should call the authorities, so they waited 45 minutes, and when her condition didn't change and more and more blood was coming from her head, they finally called 911. 
When the law enforcement arrived, they immediately knew something was wrong. The detectives determined it was a bit more than just a drowning, due to the extensive blood at the scene and the behavior of the witnesses. Well, I mean, uh, did they did they get clothes before the police officers showed up? No. So they just stayed nude. Everybody stayed nude. This is this is trekking down a, a path that I don't think the Brothers Grimm has gone down before. A pair of eyeglasses near the pool deck appeared to have blood on them. There were also two areas nearby in the grass that also appeared to have been soaked in the blood. Hindle was still giving CPR to Marianne's lifeless body when the authorities arrived. Marcus and Clark were immediately separated for questioning while detectives searched the scene. Marcus was taken to a patrol car and Clark was sent to his front porch. However, he snuck into his bedroom and wrote a suicide letter. The majority of the letter resembled a final will while the final part made reference to Shockley's death. Hindle said that he did not know what had happened to Marianne, but it happened on his watch and he can't live with it. In this letter, he also said he had had a good life and it was time for him to go. When the detectives started to come around the house to talk to Clark, they heard a loud gunshot from inside the home. He had gone inside of the house, grabbed the shotgun, and shot himself in the head. So in his will, this last will and testament, the ending part, he basically takes responsibility for what happened to her. Right. Yeah, but he said he doesn't know what happened to her. He said that he was... The, it was on his watch, but it's, he doesn't it, know what happened to her. Yeah, it's like he took responsibility, but he didn't. Right. But still, he could be charged with something like involuntary manslaughter mm-hmm. at that point. And, and the crazy thing is, is police are on scene. Authorities are on scene, and he goes inside and does this. Why didn't they take him and put him in the back of a vehicle? Because the they were guy? at his house. So this was at his house. So they, they just wanted to get them separated before they could get each other's story. What what age are we talking about? Like, what age are these folks? So Clark is, I think he's in like his mid-60s, maybe late 60s. Um, Marcus is in early 40s. And Marianne, I believe, is also in her late 30s, early 40s. Hmm. So by this time, it was just a very bizarre chain of events. Mm-hmm. There's a dead lady there. Seems that she she's died from hitting her head. Or she drowned in the hot tub. Uh, nobody really knows what's going on. So she, so she was basically close to death when they, when the guy tried to pull her out of the hot tub. Yes. Yep. Huh. But the other guy was out collecting firewood. No. So the same guy collecting firewood was also the same guy that pulled her out. Oh, but the Marcus. other guy was swimming laps in the pool. Yes. Yeah, so Clark was in the pool ah. swimming. Marcus was getting the firewood and ultimately saw her passed out in the hot tub. Okay. All right. I see. Did her body show any of the signs of uh, distress? Uh, First looks, they didn't. They just saw that she had a major head injury and that she was unresponsive. A few days later, the GBI was called in to assist with the investigation. The preliminary autopsy results of Marianne's body revealed she died from strangulation. According to the Baldwin County Coroner's Office, they also discovered there were two fractured ribs, eye hemorrhaging, abrasions to the forehead, right cheek, lips, neck, back, and legs. Also found were arm injuries and bruising below the waist consistent with squeezing and grabbing. So she did not die of drowning. Yeah, I believe uh, Marcus's claims are not 100% accurate. Yeah, the only thing that can really be explained there would be the cracked ribs from the CPR. Possibly. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So strangulation, though, just for clarity's sake, strangulation is not the same as drowning. Right. Or the same as uh, asphyxiation. Asphyxiation, right. yeah. Yep. Okay. Those are, all, those are all different things. At this point, the lone survivor of this precarious gathering, Marcus Lillard, was held in charge with murder, concealing a dead body and aggravated assault. The concealing of a dead body charge came from the phone records showing that Marcus and Clark called multiple people asking how to perform CPR on someone, asking how to save a life before they called 911. Uh, it's 2019. Why don't they just look it up on the internet? Yeah, they have resources. Yeah, they probably didn't have their phones on them because they had no pockets on them because they were in the nude. They just say just said that they called people though, so they, they had they did call. If they were true. whether they're new in the nude or not, they could walk in and get on a laptop or on a computer, right? Mm-hmm. But they're probably in a panic. Can imagine. One of the phone calls placed was a call to a friend of Lillard's who works as a respiratory therapist. She told Lillard to hang up and call nine one one. The same person then called Lillard back 19 minutes later, again imploring him to call 911. Lillard also sent five different text messages and five different Facebook private messages to various acquaintances, soliciting their advice, but none were returned. That seems a little unnecessary. Yeah, when he simply could have picked up the phone, called 911, right. and had professionals there on scene to try and help. Right, or or just go to YouTube and look up how to perform CPR. <laughs> Maybe yep. he thought by calling and asking and texting and messaging, he was leaving some sort of digital paper trail. Maybe making him look like he's less guilty. guilty. Yeah, well, that's possible. I don't. To me, I would make him look more guilty because he didn't want to call the authorities. Right, but their claim was that she was still alive. Yeah, or they said that she was still breathing faintly. Right. In March of 2021, so a few months ago, a grand jury reindicted Lillard on four counts, felony murder, involuntary manslaughter, reckless conduct, and aggravated assault. The prosecutors determined that they needed to change the charges, and that is why they indicted him again. Marcus Lillard has been in prison since the bizarre incident early Mother's Day morning in 2019. Why did they determine that they needed to, to change, the, change the charges? They felt that... They needed to add in the reckless conduct uh, rather than concealing. They wanted to get rid of the concealing of a uh, dead body. Got it. Mm-hmm. They felt like there were holes and cracks in that. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't think you can bring new charges without reindicting. A court hearing held in Baldwin County Superior Court made reference to hallucinogenic teas from South America, a hydrangea plant that was used for a seance, bongo drums, and an accordion as well as strangulation and other violent physical injuries. So besides the nude portion of this, which is bizarre enough, like it sounds like they could have been involved in some really like, I mean, we're talking like impossible seances, definitely some hallucinogens. Like they're really trying to have a, have a party of a night. Yeah, right? they are definitely partying hard for sure. Yeah. Do we, I mean, I personally have never been under any type of hallucinogenic Substance, mm-hmm. but I would I would love to hear what they thought they saw that caused this woman's death. Right, you like, know what I mean. What What did they think was happening? Exactly. Now, these group of people are very interesting. Um, so, Marion Shockley was an epic academic professional associate in the Department of Entomology, which is the study of insects, 
at the College of Agriculture and Environmental Sciences at UGA. Clark Hindle was a doctor of psychiatry or a psychiatrist. Now he owned or ran a yoga studio in downtown Milledgeville. Marcus Lillard was a used car salesman. One of these is not the same as the others. No. It's very, just a very bizarre group of people. Were any of them, like, in a relationship with the other, like... Yeah, so Marion was dating Marcus. Marion was dating yep. Marcus. And this was, I believe, one of Marcus's friends, Clark was. Okay, so, but Clark is the one that killed himself, claiming responsibility over, over her life. Right. But yeah, Marcus is the one that's serving the sentence. Right. That sucks. Yep. So, that leads me to ask these questions. Do we believe Marcus is solely responsible for what happened? Do we actually think he had anything to do with it? Or do we think, was he actually getting wood, gathering wood, even though it had recently rained, but there was dry wood right next to the pool deck? Why would you go out and gather firewood in the woods nude when there's actually dry firewood right there next to the pool deck? Here's what I think might have gone down. To answer your question, I don't think... Clark would have committed suicide if he didn't feel some sort of guilt. Marcus was the one gathering the wood, right? Mm-hmm. So here's what I think. I think, of course, they took those the hallucinogenic tea. They probably had a little too much. And something, Marcus saw something that caused him to go out into the woods. His excuse for being out there was to collect firewood. Of course, there's no reason to do that. But something led him out there. While he was gone... Uh, Clark probably tried to take advantage of Marion mm-hmm. and things led to a scuffle. Maybe he got a little aggressive or too aggressive. And maybe he strangled her while under the water, which caused all of these different marks to show up on her later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he left her in the hot tub and he went into the pool. Marcus came back from his trip, quote unquote trip, and uh, and the rest is kind of how it happened, but probably a little more like, oh, crap, this person's dead now. We need to fix that kind of thing. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you're not going to off yourself uh, unless you either have extreme guilt over something or you're avoiding punishment that you know will be forthcoming. I mean, what, you said he was in his 50s, 60s? He was in his late, mid to late 60s. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, convicted of murder— or any kind of felony charge, I mean, you're looking at 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's looking to die in prison. So he can either die now or die in prison. It's interesting to, to hear y'all say that you th- actually think Marcus was out doing something in the woods or was away for a period of time. During the um, court hearings, they interviewed six other of Marcus's ex-girlfriends. All said, all six of them said that Marcus enjoyed strangulation during sex. Hmm. So. Well, I have been known to be wrong <laughs> about some things. Well, I mean, it could have been a um, a threesome gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was this was this death accidental caused by sexual acts? I don't know. I definitely think the death. I, I definitely think it was an accidental death. Um, I don't know. I don't know about accidental. I think I think it could have been accidental 
due to the hallucinogens. I mean, I think that's a really big piece of the puzzle, right? Because like you're hallucinating and you think something is happening and you maybe you go to do something else and it actually ends up hurting somebody, right? So that's not really accidental. You still did it on purpose, but yeah, I mean, they that's, have the reasoning. Where, that's where the involuntary manslaughter comes in because it, it's like it, it would be akin to driving a car and something happens and you end up colliding with somebody head on and you kill the other person. You didn't mean to do that, but your actions caused their death. Yeah, and I think that's why they're bringing in that involuntary manslaughter charge on Clark because he killed himself for what happened there. I think that's why Marcus is also catching that charge. Hmm. The other thing that's that's curious, and maybe this adds to what happened to Mar- to Marion, but you said that there was a, a bloody patch in the yard. Mm-hmm. So maybe like maybe she hit her head on the concrete, and then the, like she tried to run away, and she was tackled, and like that's when the strangulation started or happened. Mm-hmm. Right? There was, and then she was dragged back to the to the hot tub or something. There were several inconsistencies in Marcus's story throughout the hearings. He said that he actually threw her into the pool to wake her up, to shock her body, to wake her up from while she was unconscious. So did she miss? Did she hit the side of the pool? Mm-hmm. Did she hit the grass? This, you know, what actually happened? There's way too many inconsistencies because he originally said, I picked her up out of the hot tub. Or, so, I mean, maybe neither of them are directly responsible. And maybe Marcus was in the woods. And Clark was doing laps in the pool, and a mysterious fourth party committed this act. Because if you're swimming laps in the pool, your head's underwater half the time. Mm-hmm. He's got earplugs in to keep his ears from filling up. You don't know. My man's wearing earplugs, but nothing else. Listen, sometimes a bathing suit's uncomfortable. Got to pr- got to protect those ears. Got to keep the wax in the ears. So you don't All get the water saying, in. If the, if the story is inconsistent, it could be one of two things. One, he's trying to hide something. Two, he just doesn't know. And he's saying what he thinks happened. Yeah, that's true. Because at that point, the cops have zeroed in on him as the only POI. I mean, and he, he's the last person alive from this night. He's the last witness. But my, and, I, th- I think... And it was a significant... I mean, most homicides happen. For, most people are killed by somebody that they love or that's close to them or in their sphere of influence. And that would have Marcus being in a relationship with her, dating or whatever would fit that bill. So maybe he thinks, well, you know, they're going to, they're going to pin it on me anyways. So I'm hoping we're going to get some closure in this case soon. Um, Marcus is still in going through the uh, court process, but I think, I think all this was an accident. And I think the story of him going to get firewood was made up. So he had an alibi of sorts that he wasn't immediately around. Um, I do. I don't think Clark had much involvement in this, or if he did, it may have been in in a sexual nature. And rather than this coming out and facing, whether it be a murder charge or facing the backlash, his family facing it, he wanted to, you know, end his life early. But regardless, the lesson learned is don't take hallucinogenic tea while you're naked. Yep. And, and they had been dr- they had been drinking pretty much all day. They had been smoking weed all day. 
So well, they were heavily intoxicated. I'm I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick to my uh, my initial reaction. I'm, I I still think that maybe it was like a threesome gone wrong, uh, but maybe Clark was just this third party that maybe they didn't really know him that well, and uh, and he got a little he got a little too carried away with his hallucinogens and and Marcus really was on a trip in the woods. I don't know. That's what I think. I think Clark did it. Well, uh, I hope we'll, we'll. I hope we will eventually find out what actually happened. Yeah, no doubt. This episode was written by Brian McIntyre with discussion from Jeremy Thompson and Joey Thompson, and was recorded at Starscream Studio. Grayson over at Starscream is an incredible producer and engineer, so be sure to visit StarscreamStudio.com for all your tracking and recording needs. Additional audio support by Will Compton and original music composed by Nick McClure. Be sure to subscribe, and when you do, drop a line in the comments and say hi. We want to hear your grim stories, too. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.